fans, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify the issues that affect credit unions and have a discussion on all of the best practices out there so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. And I'm really excited about today's episode. My guest on the show today is Mark Lair, the Director of Product Management at Segment, which is an alchemy company. Mark, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Really excited to be on the podcast and chat with you a little bit today. Yeah, me too. Well, I always start off the episodes this way. Most of us did not grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions someday. That's that's not something I've ever heard when someone's like, oh yeah, here's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. So I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? That's funny. My wife and I have that conversation all the time. She works in higher education and we tell our kids that that you, you may not end up where you think you're going to end up. But I, thinking back originally, I think I at first wanted to be a veterinarian. Then I, for a little bit, wanted to be a doctor. But pretty quickly and for a long time, my, my dad had run his own business. And so he, I was looked up to him and, and I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and run my own business. I love that. Well, that, that's a great sort of background start. <laughs> and then what was the journey like to your current role as Director of Product Management at Segment? Well, so I, I did get to run my business for my own business for about 20 years. I, I started out my career in the taxonomy and metadata space. So I ran a boutique taxonomy and metadata consulting firm for about 20 years where we would help um, organizations. Ta- taxonomy and metadata are just a way to organize all types of information from you know, help people find something more effectively. It could be documents, could be e-commerce products, whatever it might be. So I built up an expertise in that. And, uh, and about 13 years ago, when Segment opened its doors, I, I started working with them as a partner from, from day one. So I was always a vendor to Segment and pointed my taxonomy and, and metadata expertise at the transaction data that Segment was trying to cleanse and normalize for credit unions. While I was running that business, worked with Segment for 13 years as, as building up that capability. And then uh, right at the end of, of 2019, Segment acquired my firm. And I joined Segment and, and headed up their data and analytics practice. And then just about uh, six months ago, uh, segment was acquired by Alchemy Technologies. And so that's how I am here today as the Director of Product Management for Segment and Alchemy Company. I love that. Well, what a great journey. And, and it's always it's always great when the team already knows you because they've been working with you for years. <laughs> so for Segment and Alchemy, what is the elevator pitch that you're giving folks about what you do and where you really add value for credit unions today? So the elevator pitch is that we take all the data flowing through a credit union and transform it into insights that are going to help your credit union serve members more effectively than ever before. So the the old way, I think, for credit unions is that people would come into the branches and you'd have a chance to have a conversation with them and be and understand that customer or that member rather. Today, people don't come into branches as much anymore. People are transacting and, and interacting with their credit union and, and really all businesses much more digitally than in the past. And so, uh, whereas before you would have a person to person communication, now we're having digital conversations. So, each transaction, each purchase, each product that a member uses from a credit union is, is a digital conversation. 
and it becomes a data element. And so we help transform all those data elements, those digital conversations into insights to, to help the credit unions out. Amazing. Well, that's so interesting. And I know you all have spoken before about really this concept of making your credit union the hero in, in your local community and specifically really using data analytics and some personalized marketing to do that. So I'm curious, can you speak more to what that can really look like for credit unions? Yeah. So I think for me, Lauren, somebody being a hero is that they get to know me in a meaningful way, and then they do something positive to impact my journey. That could be my friends. It could be parents, just anyone you meet. That's really who who my heroes are. So if you think about that for a credit union, a credit union should be trying to get to know its members and then doing something meaningful to help to positively impact that member's financial journey. So just to think of, of one use case or one example, how we can help credit union become a hero is imagine that somebody is making partial credit card payments every month. That's something we can identify in the data because we see that the transaction being made to a credit card and maybe it's an even dollar transaction. So if you're paying off your balance, it's unlikely to be you know, an even dollar. So we could maybe make an assumption that somebody paying uh, $100 every month is, is, is not paying their full balance as an example. That might be an insight for a credit union. It might be an opportunity for them to reach out with a product offering of a, of a personal loan, a debt consolidation loan that would allow that member to be paying less interest on that debt and pay it off more quickly and begin to build up some financial wellness or advice that way. So that's, that's one example. Another example is we can identify unemployment payments being made. And so if, if a credit union can be monitoring that and they can see that a, a member has started to receive unemployment payments, that probably means that they have recently lost a job and that might be an opportunity for a credit union to reach out and offer a financial product that could help that member at that time. So those are just a couple examples of use cases where again, it's it's the same thing as before. Instead of having that face-to-face conversation and and seeing and hearing the challenges that a member might have and figuring out how to help them, a credit union can instead be watching that digital conversation and still identify those same opportunities and, and be a hero for the for each member. Right. Right. Well, that that's incredible. And I know really getting some personalized marketing set up and, and thinking about data analytics, maybe breaking down the silos there that exist, it, it can be tough and overwhelming maybe if you're just started getting started as a credit union. So what would you say is, is a good suggestion for credit unions on where to get started if they maybe haven't taken the deep dive into some data analytics yet? Yeah. So Lauren, I think anytime you're going to be deploying a technology solution and data analytics, MarTech, marketing automation, those are things that can get super technical, super fast. There's a big chance that you're going to lose some of your stakeholders, your business sponsors, you might need to be to get behind that initiative. So that's why at Segment, we try to be very outcome-driven. We think it's important for a credit union who's wanting to go down that path to it's critical to articulate a vision for the value that personalized marketing and analytics is going to deliver. Not focusing on the features or the of, of the platform or, hey, look how we can identify all these merchants or look how you can set up a drip campaign in marketing or always on or you know tracking the attribution and the number of clicks. All that stuff is great. 
and you're going to get there. But you have to start off with like the big vision of what is the outcome that this is going to deliver for our institution? What is this technology investment going to enable us to do more effectively? For credit unions, that typically tends to show up in two places. One is marketing. So when you make that investment in data and analytics and marketing, it's going to enable you to pull lists really much more effectively and deliver messaging around these lists better than than you ever have been able to in, in the past. And the second is just a strategy perspective. There, there's marketing, but then there's high-level business strategy. So because the economy and the world is changing so fast and consumers can purchase different financial products and interact with fintechs, Getting a handle on the data can help clarify the landscape of what your members are doing and and help you serve them better and make the investments that your credit union might need to serve them better. As just one example, you can see where people are transacting. Maybe that informs where you build a new branch. So marketing and then strategic decision-making, but really focused on, on the outcomes, not so much on the tech stack. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and in terms of really direct member impact and talking about, you know, being a hero in your community, of course, improving the financial lives of members is really a key goal for credit unions. And we know that data intelligence can help them. And I'm curious to hear from you. How would you say you all at Segment are really helping credit unions use that data to then directly turn around and make members' financial lives better? You know, you talked about, you know, some of the things that they can do in terms of offering products. Overall, what would you say that Segment really does best to help credit unions use that data? So uh, again, I'm, I'll be a broken record for you, but it comes to the outcomes that we're focused on when when we think about producing insights. So to get under the covers a little bit, like I said, we're taking all the data that's flowing through an institution. We're looking at all the core data. We're looking at all the transaction data and cleansing and normalizing that into metadata or a taxonomy of insights that we call key lifestyle indicators, but really they're just insights, they're audiences that we can build about members from all that data. The insights that we produce, we try to focus them around specific use cases. So last quarter, for example, we released a recurring spend set of insights. So in that recurring spend set of insights, we can analyze all the transactions that members are making and and begin to build audiences based on well, how many subscription or recurring payments is this member making each month? How many dollars are going out for recurring or subscription payments each month? So when we think of... Uh, this is kind of, a, I think, a standard use case people have seen on commercials, etc. before. But hey, this member is making has eight subscription or recurring payments. Maybe that's an opportunity for the credit union to reach out and say, hey, time to do a subscription review you might be paying for things that you've forgotten about or you don't need anymore. Bigger things is is you can, I think, look at things like investment advice. So our insights when we're looking at balances, if we see that there's big been a big balance increase, that might be an opportunity for the credit union to reach out and suggest some investment advice. On the, the other side of the spectrum for investment advice, we might see people are putting money into digital currencies or cryptocurrencies. That might be an opportunity for investment advice around diversification and long-term financial planning. One really cool new product that we've identified, and what's great is we have a team of library scientists who are looking at transaction data on, on a regular basis. Buy Now, Pay Later is obviously a, a reasonably new product, but something people 
are now pretty used to. So that's something we we're tracking early on. But an, a new iteration of buy now, pay later is something we've seen called study now, pay later. So study now, pay later. It's a new product. It's an alternative to student loans. And it's offered with actually by universities. And so instead of paying the tuition up front, the university partners with a company and the member can go to school, they can get their degree. And then once they have a job, they're paying that tuition back off as they get paid. It's typically like $500 a month. And so just one example, we can monitor that if you stop making payments, that probably means the the person has lost their job because you don't have to pay if you're not working. So that would be a time for a, a credit union to reach out. Or if it's been five years and they stopped making payment, that might mean they've paid off their tuition. Now that's a great time. Hey, have you considered, you know, are you a young parent? Are, is it time to open up a 529 plan or is it time to do some more investing? So these are just a few examples of the cool things, the cool insights that can be surfaced that can help a credit union really make a difference in people's financial lives. That's amazing. Are, are there any other use cases you can share around as credit unions maybe get further into AI and predictive modeling, overall data intelligence? Are there any other use cases that you would recommend they consider even beyond some of that direct member impact? Yeah. So we've talked about making lives better quite a bit, but the, there's certainly a huge element to leveraging data to just make you a, a better credit union, getting your products out into the hands of the right folks. So we've made big investments in helping our credit union customers deploy AI models. So there's kind of a rule of thumb in the data science world that it's an 80-20 rule. 80% of a data scientist's time is spent cleansing and and normalizing data. And only 20% of the time is, is spent on building models or analytics. So Segment, over the last 13 years, we've gotten great at that first step of cleansing and normalizing data. We That's what we do better than anyone else. We're producing these insights into well-labeled data that are ready to be consumed by predictive models. And so what, what's left is that last mile, so to speak, of actually doing the modeling and creating the models. So we, uh, over the last couple of years, have built out an... I'll get techie again to prove my earlier point, an auto ML solution to generate predictive models from a credit union's own data that we've cleansed. And so we can create predictive models in a relatively short period of time for things like attrition, which members are likely to leave your institution or at risk of leaving the institution, and then a whole suite of cross-sell models, things like mortgage, auto, HELOC, checking, savings, and so by running these models, the credit union is ultimately the output is, is a, a label or an audience, a KLI that can be actioned upon to target those cross-sell products. And then we're taking that platform and doing some experimentation on other things we want to model. One, one idea that just came up that we're looking into is modeling people who've taken out payday loans, payday advance loans. That's a financial product that se- tends to be an indicator of some financial distress and an opportunity to improve wellness. And so we're looking at the... We we can take the set of people we've seen who've taken out that loan, those are payday advance in the past, model that, and try to predict that in the future. So that is an opportunity for credit unions to find people who are in distress maybe before it happens. 
Those are amazing use cases. And thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm really curious too, as we look to the future, you know, right now the economy is on everyone's mind, but, but thinking long-term, what are some of the new trends that you're seeing maybe emerging in financial services, you know, study now, pay later, really interesting as you kind of talk about that. And curious, what is segments focus and alchemy's focus for the road ahead as you're thinking about some of these new trends that are emerging? So you're absolutely right. The economy is very uncertain, but one thing that I've seen always is that change is really the constant. And so data is a means for credit unions to always understand and react to that change, under clarify the landscape so you can make decisions based on what's best for your business. So we've, we're producing all these insights and, and there's really a couple of things that segment is and, and Alchemy are focused on. One is we want to make it continue to make it easier for credit unions to deploy the insights that we've developed. We we believe again that insights are just a means for delivering outcomes. So we want to focus on those income outcomes and we're focused on packaging up our insights into more easy to consume out-of-the-box campaigns within our marketing automation platform so that credit unions can take advantage of those insights and really just kind of an easy button, get going on delivering value to members for things like cross-sell, for things like financial wellness, financial education, all the use cases we've talked about today. So that's number one. In a, an environment that's always in flux, how do we make it easy and fast to deploy these insights? And then the second big focus really is going to be benchmarks and the idea of consultative data. So you create insights and, and People can see the insights, but ultimately, everybody wants to know how they're doing compared to their peers. So benchmarks are something that can provide context for where a credit union is doing great and opportunities where a credit union can do better. We're working on developing peer groups now and taking advantage of that we're seeing data from several hundred institutions across both segment and alchemy. We think these benchmarks are going to be extremely valuable for our credit unions to um, not only see where they are today, but where they are against their peer groups, and that that's going to inform them. Again, consultative data inform them about what actions they can and should take. So, regardless of what is what the next new trend is or what changes are happening, we want to give the tools to credit unions to use data to react. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of, all of this information. It's really, really critical. I know for credit unions as we to compete with folks like Amazon and Google from, from a sort of user experience perspective and, and from what folks are expecting from us. So I appreciate all of the insights you shared. And as we wrap up the show, I always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So we like to say the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So if you are ready, we will go ahead and get started. All right, let's go. Okay. What is a recent purchase you didn't know you needed that's become something you just can't live without? Uh, it's a good question. I have two of them. One is a sous vide cooker. I don't know if you've heard of that. I really like to cook. And, and sous vide, it's French for, I think, like in water, water bath or something like that. And so it it's like a, you set the temperature, it creates a water bath, you put your steak or whatever it is in this bag, and it just sits in the bath and cooks to the perfect temperature. You can't overdo it. So it's it's a game changer if you like to entertain and have friends over because you're not like beholden to when the oven's going to be done or, or scheduling and planning. You can take it out anytime and it's great. So I love that weird thing, but I, I wouldn't give it up. 
And then second, other kind of fun, weird thing is one of the therapeutic massage guns. That's, yes. I, I hit my feet at the end of the day. <laughs> sleep better than ever. Yeah, those are both uh, great purchases. I'll have to add those to the list. The word success. Who's the first person that comes to mind for you and why? This is sappy, but I'll say my mom. She's just a great person. Everyone loves her. She's always thinking about other people. And and the older I get, the more I appreciate everything she's taught me. And, and even I start to appreciate some things that she told me a long time ago that I did not appreciate at the time. So love that. Mom comes up uh, more often than you would think for, for this question. So that's awesome. All right. Random question for you. What are you listening to most right now? Is it podcasts, audiobooks, music? What is it? It's music, probably 90s music, like grunge and alternative. I'm I'm 40. I just turned 40 this year. So that's kind of my jam. And I, I guess I'm stuck in my time machine. And I, I hope it rubs off on my kids, but it's not looking good. I have an 8 and an 11-year-old daughter. They like the the soundtrack to High School Musical and, and Zombies 1, 2, and 3. There's probably a small subset of your listeners who will know what I'm talking about. So I, I spend a lot of time listening to that as well. I love it. All right. Any books that you have gifted or you think just everyone should read? A book that I just recommended to a friend is called Deep Nutrition it's by Kate Shanahan. It's a, it's a book about, about nutrition, obviously. So I'm, I think it's kind of about whole foods and, and staying away from processed foods. And it's, it's, I'm probably annoying when I tell people about it, but I, I like books like that on occasion, just to kind of reset on why you want to eat healthily and why it's good for you and staying away from too much sugar, et cetera. So I love that book. It's really informative and interesting. And I'm a subscriber. Great. Well, we will link to that here in the show notes for everyone. Let's say the calendar is empty. What are you doing to unwind outside of work? I'm a runner. I run marathons. So I'm usually trying to get some some miles in. I, I usually try to have a race that uh, I'm signed up for. So I'm, I'm motivated. Uh, my aforementioned daughters are really into Legos. So that's something we do together. I'll, I'll even admit I bought some of the, the adult focused Legos for myself. I'm, I'm assembling a Batmobile as we speak, which is <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's you know, something to do and, and get them talking. And it's, it's a great time to spend together. And then I love sports. I'm I'm a Denver native, so I love Denver sports. I'm a huge Nuggets and Broncos fan. So I like to check out those games when I can. Awesome. I love that. Well, we are going to link everything that we talked about today in the show notes. But my last question for you before we wrap up here is, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? You know, I'd say my my final thought, I, I always like to compare data when people wonder how can you use it or, or what does it mean? I, I like to tell a story about professional sports a little bit and professional baseball. So Major League Baseball was founded in, I think, 1876. So it's a game that's been played for more than 150 years, or almost 150 years, rather. And if you go back about 10 years ago and, and were watching baseball, you would have started to see a big change. And that's in the way people align their defense. So there's a famous game where the Dodgers are playing the Padres and the bottom of the 12th inning and the bases are loaded and there's one out and the Dodgers have put four players um, between first and second base, which is, is something you never would have seen in 130 years of professional baseball before that. But that night they decided to do that because they had invested in data and looked at it and saw that if with this pitcher up and this batter, if we throw this pitch in this spot, that batter's likely to ground out between first and second base. 
And that's exactly what happened. And it's a really cool story because it, it shows how data can help tell us insights that fundamentally changed the way human beings had done something for 130 years. So that in professional sports, so that you can win, you can win more effectively. I, I tell that story because there's no reason that the same thing can't apply to other industries, in, in our case, financial services and credit unions. And so that's a great way to capture people's imagination. So I encourage credit unions to think about the the data that they have within their walls that their members are generating as equally valuable. It's something that if you spend a little time investing in, can help you be a significantly more effective credit union. And in a time where there's so much fragmentation with consumers and so many fewer face-to-face conversations taking place, I, I strongly believe it's it's an incredibly worthwhile investment. And so that that's my final thought. And I guess my ask is is if anyone's interested in learning more, we're very passionate here at Segment about helping credit unions do just that. Well, that is an amazing parallel. Thank you for for sharing that story. And I, I definitely think that that is something uh, credit unions can get on board with and, and figuring out how to use all of the data that they have to make their members' lives better. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, we're going to link to contact information for you and your team and for everything we've talked about today for all of our listeners. I hope you stay well. And thank you to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We will be back again next time.